You're listening to the PT Profit Podcast. Today, we're chatting all about the five reasons why some coaches seem to get successful faster and why most continue to struggle. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Beverly Simpson, former fitness manager turned online personal training business owner. And this podcast is where smart fitness professionals, including trainers and clinicians, discover how to increase client performance in movement, package and position their products and services and get out of their own way so that they can increase their revenue to live a life that they love without sleazy sales. Welcome to the PT Profit Podcast. What's up, coach? Thank you so much for pushing play on another episode of the PT Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Beverly Simpson. And if this is the first time you're hanging around here, welcome. Super pumped that you're here. I'm really excited to dive into today's episode. If you're listening at the time that it was recorded, it's coming out officially on uh, December. Oh my gosh, whatever. December 7th. And so I hope y'all had a great holiday weekend filled with lots of eating fun and friends and family. I know here at B Simpson Fitness, we took a week off and we just chillaxed because it has been super busy. I was also in Florida hanging out with the kids and my family, and it was just a really nice time. And I hope that you also had a great time. While I was there, we spent a lot of time really getting into the excitement of goal setting and for the prosperity, health, and wellness that is all happening for 2022. It feels weird. I don't, I don't even know how to say it. Year 2022 or 2022. I use I'm, it's, 2020 is just on my tongue probably because it was, you know, the, the year of the most fun, but I, or the, the year we talk about the most, but, um, I'm really excited for 2022. And if you're listening to this podcast, uh, right around, you know, when published, then you might have heard that I've opened up applications for a brand new year long coaching mastermind. So now we've got a podcast coming out in the next couple of weeks, all about the differences between a coaching program and a coaching and a mastermind. And what is this coaching mastermind? It's essentially a hybrid that's specifically designed for high level coaches to really maximize the coach's brain as well as the community. So this is a a space for high level action takers. Now, so many of the masterminders that are out masterminds that are out there and available, they will have income requirements. And one of the main reasons, and we're going to talk, actually talk about this today in today's podcast, but one of the main reasons why I actually don't have that and why I'm also using applications is because it's really not a matter of how much money you made. I understand that it's a metric that can matter, but really it's more about your level of action that you're taking and also your believability and what you think that you are capable of doing and how fast you are ready to hit the ground running. Cause that's really what it's all about. 
And so, and we'll, we're going to dive more into that today. So whether you are starting out or whether you already have a successful brick and mortar, or you're at the hundred K mark or two fifty mark, and you're really wanting to just expand your business and leverage your time and grow your income, then this accelerator is for you. And I am so excited about it. We're adding some really amazing brand new things to it. We've got live events that are coming. We have, and, and if you can't make it live, no sweat, we can also do, um, we're, we're going to have a virtual option. So it's going to be just a real incredible experience. I'm really excited for the 11 people that have already said yes. And if you're wondering how big this can, this space is going to be, I'm really looking to keep it at about 20 to 25 people max, because this is going to be the most access that people will get to me in 2022. And it'll be the most access people uh, will get to me and my team. And I am really looking for a collaborative group of people who are ready to be open, welcoming, and really just accelerate their business, which is exactly why we're calling it the PT Profit Accelerator. So I'm super pumped for the people that are on board. And if you're interested in learning more about it, please be sure to, to check the show notes. There is a link to the application all the questions are there for you and you and I will hop on a call and we'll take it from there. So be sure if you're on the fence at all for any reason that you take action as soon as possible, because the spots are available until they're not. And we're officially starting in January, but you'll see that there are six phases that we'll be going through and you'll be able to take it at your own pace. So hopefully you're just excited as I am. So since I opened applications up in January, I've been having a lot of conversations about the accelerator. And I've been having a lot of conversations with PT profit formula clients, as well as my one-on-one clients about some of the reasons why we are, you know, why some people are successful and why is it that some people continue to struggle? And so I've been reflecting a lot. If you've been following me on Instagram, I've been reflecting a lot on my journey for the past four or five years, and it's been absolutely Absolutely incredible to look back because I think that as high performers and high achievers, it's really easy for us to focus on the gap to, and we're going to get into this, to focus on what's missing, to focus on, on where we want to be, that we forget to take the time to look back to where we were. Now you've heard me say, if you've listened to me at all, that I, we can't compare our day one to someone else's day 100. Well, the same is true for you. Your day one looked very different than your day, whatever you're on. Even if you're on day 10, it looks very different. And honestly, that's a good thing because now you're getting the skill. This is how we get the skill acquisition. So there's a, here's a couple of things as we start to dive into today's episode. We're going to talk about the five reasons coaches are successful faster. And it's not what you might be thinking. It's not the strategy. It's not that they know something that you don't know. It's not that they are smarter than you. And it's actually not even the skill acquisition because chances are, 
you can look out into your current space right now and point to someone who is more successful than you are, but not as smart, or maybe they're not as, as seasoned. Maybe they don't have as many reps as you, maybe they're not, not, they don't have as many certifications as you, and yet they are making more money. And now I'm pointing this out not to be critical because I actually want you to look at those people and celebrate them because they're just showing you what is possible for you. And if you're here listening to me, then you know that I'm an, that I'm abundant and that I believe that there are plenty of people for every person and that the desires that are in your heart are not put there on accident. I said the other day, I can't remember the context, but I said the other day that that my good friend is a novelist and she is talking about, you know, her journey and what she's doing. And it just, I I sat back and I listened and I thought to myself, wow, that's amazing. I'll never want to be a novelist. I, I, I just don't have it in me. I don't want to be a novelist. I have no interest. It does not matter how persuasive or it does not matter how much tricky language people use. There is absolutely zero reason. And I have zero inclination to be a novelist. And it just reminded me that your successes or your desires rather are put into your heart for a reason. And the truth of the matter is that your success is inevitable, but so are your failures. And that was something that was said to me by one of my friends, Moshi. Moshi Amsel, he said it when, uh, the other day when we were talking about, uh, he said it the other day in a presentation when we were both presenting for our coaches live event. And it was very, it was very profound because it, it, it's actually what inspired this episode, because I want to talk about the invisible components that the successful coaches have, because while our success is inevitable, so are our failures because it's actually not about the successes. It's really about the failures and how people show up in the failures and after the failures or even the potential of failures. Now I've said that word a hundred times and I usually don't ever say that word because the truth is I don't really believe in failures. I believe that everything is happening to us. Everything we can learn from Everything is happening to serve us in our highest, for our highest good, but that doesn't mean that it's always going to feel great. So we're going to be talking about our, about the invisible component. So let's just go ahead and dive right in. Now, I know that I've done other episodes on this earlier. That's okay. There's some things that I, we're going to revisit. And there are some things that I, that I want to address that I've heard said in a better way. And I really think it's important to acknowledge, but number one, the first thing that the successful people do is they decide to decide means to stop. The successful coaches make a decision. And so what do I mean by that? So they make decision and not only, and not just one decision, multiple decisions. And here's what I mean. The first one being they decide they're an authority. This is going to kind of come up in number, in number four, but 
people will get in their head, oh, who am I to be doing this? Why me? And they'll start to feel like imposter syndrome. And I've done lots of episodes on imposter syndrome. I actually think imposter syndrome is a good thing. It means that you have, it's coming from a place of humility and knowing that there is more to learn. I don't ever want you to lose that. And I still want you to to decide that you are an authority because you are, you don't have to be the best. You don't have to look for the right because the best is, is subjective. Now, when I say you don't have to be the best, let me just, let me just caveat that to, to determine what I mean by that. What I mean is that I want you to show up as your best and give your best, but your best compared to what? Your best is relative. You showing up and putting everything that you possibly can into your work, into your clients, that is the best. And that's enough. That's going to go to number four. Maybe I should change these around. I'm going to change these around. I'm going to make number four, number two. So number two is that they own their worth. No matter what level you are at, there is someone out there for you right now that needs your voice. They need your cues. They need your strategy. They need your meals. They need your insight. They need your experience and your context and your process and your systems. It does not matter who's out there. There's 8 billion people in this world. Own your worth. Now, I want you to understand something, and this is a caveat, and I kind of skipped to number two, but number one and number two, are they work synergistically together. The truth is they all, these all work synergistically together. But in, a, in addition to deciding that they're an authority, people who are successful, they make decisions throughout the day. They make decisions continuously. They decide faster what their offer is. They decide faster what the strategy is that they're going to use to launch it. They decide faster to test out their messaging. They make decisions and they don't wallow in the what if. Now, if you're anything like me, I am a counterphobic Enneagram 6. So if you know the Enneagram at all, this has actually been one of my biggest challenges is making the decision. And I honestly, as a master marketer, think that this is one of my strongest gifts because I have that inner committee. I have that ability to mitigate risk. I have that ability to look and assess things from all angles. But my good friends will tell you that sometimes it can cause a little bit of friction as a CEO in my business because I also have that inner committee. So I will spend a lot of time musing, contemplating, going back and forth. And honestly, the decision to take action and to trust that the the outcome that I need is going to happen or the lesson that I need is going to happen sometimes takes me more time. And honestly, for 2022 and for 2021, it's one of the main things that I'm focusing on for 2022, which is making sure that we, that, that I make a decision because the, the decision you cannot get wrong, just decide 
And, and the truth is that no matter, even if you get a coach, even if you try and get help, they can help you. They can help provide clarity, but the decision still needs to come from you. A coach can make a recommendation or give you some insight or help or help you see a perspective you hadn't seen before, but they're not going to be able to make the decision for you. And if they are making the decision for you, then that's not coaching. The decision comes from you. You get to decide. And I've fallen into that trap as a coach before. I know that it comes from a place of, I know this works. I've walked these shoes. I want you to learn the lesson. I don't want you. I want to save you from learning that lesson, but you're actually robbing your clients of the lessons that they need to, to have sustainable success. So just make a decision. And then number two, that owning your worth. And I've talked a little bit about that, but I want you to notice that I did not say charge your worth because you'll often hear that. You'll hear charge your worth. Let me tell you, friends, your worth is not determined by a price. There is no price on your worth. Your business is not your baby. Your business is a machine. Your worth is not determined by what you do. And for my parents out there, oh my gosh, I'm getting a little choked up as I say this, but for my parents out there, did you hold your baby for the first time and say, man, I'm, you're going to be worth it. I'm going to love you when you build a multiple million dollar business. No, your baby's pooped, cried and ate and slept. That was pretty much it. And yet you knew they were that they, that you loved them so much and you knew that they were worthy. So the real question to really consider and ask yourself is why will you not give yourself the same grace? When did you decide that your worth was going to be about how successful your business is? If you look out into the multiple millionaires, now I don't know these stats for sure or, or what they're, I don't know them personally, but look at it. There are multiple business, million dollar business owners that, that we all know, like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and some of the really big players that everyone knows. They didn't build one business and then all of a sudden make it overnight. No, many of them have multiple businesses that they've opened and shut down, open and shut down. No one just hits it out of the park first time out of the gate and crushes it. No. So why do you expect yourself to do the same thing? If you're just starting, if you're one year in, five years in, 10 years in, no way. So your worth is not determined by your business. So what do I mean when I'm talking about owning your worth? Well, you're worthy enough just because you want to. And it speaks a little bit to what I was saying earlier, meaning that if there is a desire in your heart, it's put there for a reason. Anything is possible for you. So when you think of it like that, 
ask yourself, what is it that you really want to do? And then you can go back up to number one and make the decision to go all in. And going all in doesn't even mean quit your nine to five, quit your job, burn the boats. No, going all in get means that you get responsible and committed to being and doing what it takes to have the dream and have the vision. And the other component, because before now it's leading me to number three and we'll get there in one second, but the other component about owning your worth means that you have to, and that people don't want to talk about feelings and people don't want to, especially if you're hanging out with me, I am a very linear person. I actually have a big heart and feel a ton, but I can be very strategic and linear and number focused. And it can sometimes seem like I'm cold, but I'm not. I love my people so much. I love my clients and my students so much that sometimes I'll put their needs before mine. It's very similar to how I would feel as, as as how I feel as a mom. But one of the traps, in addition to robbing our clients of the lessons that they need, The other trap that we get into is that we tend to want to over deliver. And I, please, before we get into this, I do not want you for one second to think that I'm suggesting that you don't over deliver. I will always encourage my people over deliver, over deliver, over deliver, but over deliver does not mean at all costs. That does not mean Give everything you have so that you're completely depleted and that you're not properly compensated. So meaning you're helping your clients get healthy. You're helping your clients change their lives, but you're not eating. So this is what I mean about owning your worth is that you need to value the value you're putting into this world. And the problem with so many coaches is that a, we undervalue what we do because we think that what we do is so easy and natural and that everyone's doing it and that you can throw a quarter and find a trainer. So why on earth would anyone pay you? Right. That is has absolutely nothing to do with pricing your worth, by the way, or or charging your worth. It means that you're not valuing the value that you create. It's not you. It's different. The other thing about price is that if you are trying to have your program or your value differentiator be priced, that is pricing on commodity and it's the fastest race to the bottom for two main reasons. Number one is that most people will look out into the space and be like, well, what's so-and-so charging? Great. I'll just charge less than that. Then I'll try to over-deliver. And then you're doing that and you're going to run yourself into the ground and then you don't have enough revenue or or you don't have enough cash flow to really pour into the extra details that will actually move the dial for your clients and help build a rapport and deepen the connection. But number two, you're basing it, basing it off a model that you're not even sure if it works or not. 
So own your worth. What you put into this world matters. You are your own person. You are unique. You have your own context, your own way of doing things and what you do matters. Otherwise we wouldn't be having a health crisis on our hands. If everyone knew how to do it, if everyone wasn't struggling, we wouldn't have a health crisis. In addition to this, your services are of high value and you deserve to be compensated for the value you put into this world. So create some affirmations around that, program that into your subconscious. You are worthy of the value you put into this world. So now we can start talking about number three which is they focus their attention. Now you may or may not have heard before you, you know, where's your attention? You get what you focus on. And so what happens for me when I, the difference, and and I'll use myself as an example, something I shared on James Wedmore's stage is that when I first started this business, I feel like fear shows up in different ways. Fear shows up in you know, I'm afraid people are going to laugh at me or I'm judge me or I'm worried about haters. Right. And this is actually part of focusing your attention is that they're worried about haters. They're worried people are going to judge. And listen, I get that, but I didn't really have any of that. When I first started, I was a former actress at this point, when I first started my business, I was the district fitness manager. So I had, was responsible for bringing in $2.1 million a month. I've been hiring and developing trainers. I had been doing sales. Like I knew how to sell, sell. So imagine my surprise when I enter the online space and find it to be much more difficult than I thought. So my fear was actually not showing up in traditional ways. It was showing up in victimhood and it was showing up in arrogance. Why is this happening to me? I'm doing all the right things and nothing's working. I've invested 45,000 and I've only made 10,000. I must've been, I shared, I was probably horrible to work with when I first started because I had a chip on my shoulder almost. I've since worked through that. And I am so lucky and grateful that I had coaches and joined masterminds and surrounded myself with people that fought for me, fought against me when I was fighting for my limitations that showed up for me, that taught me the ways that I want to be as a coach and showed me the ways that I don't want to be as a coach. I'm so grateful for every single one of those moments that I love deeply all of my coaches. And I will continue to be coached because I won't ever let that feeling of I've arrived because we're always in momentum and you're either moving forwards or you're going backwards. So I'm so grateful for those moments. But the trouble with me at least, and what I, because I've gone through that, because I'm on the other side of that. And when I look out into the space, I see I see people focusing on the gap. They're always, and, and I'll even tell you about 2021. It was one of the big shifts that, that happened for me this year, which is that, you know, I think that as high achievers, I think as really successful top of the line, 1% trainers that, that you are, 
is that we end up, we have this gift, this blessing and this curse of, of looking out into the future and, 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 oh, and knowing that there's more seeing the vision and knowing, and then getting on board with, yeah, that's possible for me. But then what happens is the, we see the gap. It becomes like, oh my gosh, we're a toddler learning how to run a marathon. And we just keep focusing on how we keep falling down. Have you ever watched a toddler learn how to walk? Right. They'll have these moments where, and it was just so fascinating to me. I swear I learned more from looking at my, watching my kids grow than, than <laughs> teaching my kids. I swear. Uh, but I was, you know, I remember watching my kids learn to walk for the first time. And I remember they would get up, they would fall, get up and they fall a lot. And there were just a couple, maybe a handful of times where they kept getting frustrated at themselves that they couldn't figure it out. But for most of the time, they were focusing on just getting up and doing the reps until they become un- until they became unconsciously competent and were running all over the place, running around all over the place. And no longer were they thinking or agonizing over running or walking or moving. And one of the things that I want to note about this is that when we start talking about this and when we start getting into like the personal development space and start thinking about these things. We, we sometimes, and if you're anything like me, this is like me. I used to do this where I would just push down how I felt and like, Oh no, I don't want to manifest that. I don't want to call in negative feelings. And I, Oh, I I get where my attention is. So I need to focus on the positive. But then what happens is that that's like trying to be in a room with an elephant and we're looking at the elephant, but nobody's talking about the elephant, but the elephant's staring right at us and everyone knows that it's there. So it's like another analogy is that it's like putting, you know, whipped cream on garbage and then, or, you know, or trying to Febreze the garbage and pretend that it's clean, right? That's not what we're doing. That, that, and that's not what we want. I don't want you to pretend that bad feelings and that those disappointing moments didn't happen. And then they don't feel bad, but the successful people just move through it faster. Do you think that every successful person out there hasn't had a failure or hasn't had what they would call a failure or didn't get the outcome that they wanted? No, they just didn't spend their time focusing their attention on it. This is going to move us to number four, and I'm not quite done yet with point number three. So the other thing that I mean when I'm saying they focus their attention, right, is that they, they, because they own their worth, because they've made the decision. We're going to get to point number four, but they trust themselves to know that even if they don't get the outcome that they want, that they can figure it out. But most people will stay stuck in the mud in a, their indecision because it'll, they'll, it'll cause them to not make a decision. They'll be like, Oh, all this evidence. And the only reason why I can say that is because this is me. I've done this and I've watched people do it too. Evidence is a double-edged sword. Our brain is specifically designed to protect us from getting hurt. And so when our worth is all wrapped up in our business, you better believe that your brain is not going to let you make decisions to threaten that. And so when you do make a decision and you face your fear and then you don't get the outcome that you want, then it's easy to focus your attention on, oh, this happened to me before. This is just going to happen again. 
That's your ego. That's your brain is trying to protect you. And I don't mean ego as an arrogance. I mean, ego as in your, your lizard brain is specifically designed to protect you. So the successful people, it's not that they don't have, it's, it's not that they don't have the same doubts, that they don't have the same fears, that they don't have the same haters coming at them. They just put their attention on what they want to grow on what they're here to do, on their deeper purpose. And I also want to talk a little bit about haters in that regard, right? Is that I know people that will say things like, oh, haters, like that's just part of it. That's just what you get. Like, oh, but you're putting out polarizing pieces. You're just going to get haters, right? That's your attention on haters. I also know people who put out a ton of polarizing pieces of content, but they just hold in their attention, that they're going to call in people that love them, that they're going to call in the people that are there to celebrate and, and be there for them. I'd like to consider myself part of that category. I haven't always been, but I am now. I focus my attention knowing that my polarizing piece that I'm putting out there is coming from service, it's coming from love, it's coming from shifting perspective to get people out of the mud. And yeah, I get haters from people I don't know, and, and, but it doesn't affect me. Because I know that my purpose is, is much bigger than them. And like I was just saying to one of my clients the other day is that it speaks more to who they are than it does to you, about you. The reason why sometimes those haters or trolls get into our heads and hearts a little bit is because sometimes we're meaning-making machines and we haven't spent time on number two where we own our worth. And we start to think, ooh, maybe, maybe that troll's right. Maybe I am a fraud. It just can't be further from the truth. So let's get into number four. What is the other thing that they do? They release their attachment. They release their attachment. I kind of talked about it when I was talking about number three, but your outcome, your result means nothing about you. You are amazing just because you are. There are many successful people out there that have started a business, shut it down. They didn't work. The, the amount of energy and effort that they put into the offer, that they put into the messaging was just not returning enough of an ROI. Yeah, I get that. So they shut it down but it doesn't mean anything about who they are as a person. But what happens to people who struggle is that they get in the mud and they're like, oh, I, I, this outcome happened. This happened. Nobody wants this. This means I'm awful. I should just pack it all up. And then the brain hears that, takes that on. You, you, you delay in making a decision or the next decision, people leave you, people come back to you and you start making meaning about it. 
and that holds you back. The meanings that you're making about it holds you back. Because the successful people know that if it all burns down tomorrow, which it could, if 2020 taught us anything, life could change in a moment. But the successful people trust themselves enough to know that they'll land on their feet, that they'll get there. That they can bounce back. And it doesn't mean anything about that. And the last thing that I want to touch upon, the fifth thing that I think separates the people who are successful from the ones who are, are struggling, it's really imperative for me to talk about this. And I haven't really talked about this a lot. So it'll be the first time I'm mentioning it, but really publicly is accessibility. And I want to talk about, I want to talk about, and their focus on accessibility. So I should clarify that is that I want to talk a little bit about this because diversity, inclusion, it is a core value of mine in B Simpson fitness. We talk about this all the time. I'm always looking at ways that we can be allies and that we can also encourage diverse diversity in our, in our people, in our presenters, in our community, and also in our thinking, right? I want, I always want to be looking at, at, is there another way? Because it's not always just one way. What else? Let's live in the ant. I want to diversify the way I show up. I want to diversify the thinking and strategy and way I show up. And so with this conversation also comes this acknowledgement of accessibility. And I want to just recognize that, that not everyone has the same accessibility. I know that. I know that it can feel frustrating and it can feel like we all have our own, you know, from the outside, it can look like oh, well, it's easy for you or it's easy for them because of their level of accessibility. I know that not everyone starts at point A or the same point A. But what I do know from working with hundreds of people, from following and listening to lots of diverse thinking and people, I noticed that the people who are successful are the ones that can acknowledge their accessibility, can acknowledge their privilege, and also get resourceful. No matter where they're starting, no matter what circumstances are there, are, that they're faced with. Now, again, let me reiterate in this podcast that I'm not saying that that, does, that that means that whatever has happened in your life or wherever you are starting at is invalid or hasn't happened. I'm, if I were you, I would feel the same way.
but life is choice. And I think we get what we focus on. And for me, when I, for me, when I was focusing on all the misery and all the things and all my circumstances and what was happening, because they were all true and it was all valid. But it just left me, it just left me feeling bad all the time. And it was all coming from my thought. It wasn't coming from, and my thought feeling loop. And I'm the thinker of my thoughts. I'm the one who gets to change them. Your success is state dependent, which is something my, my, one of my mentors, Jen Casey had said to me. And so the point is that I have seen all different types of people. I have been in the rooms. I've had conversations with all different, with many different types of people that look and experience life and, and feel life differently than I do. And it's been a blessing for me. I have learned a lot. And what I have also noticed is that no matter what their circumstances were or are, where they started, even if they didn't, even if they had amazing privilege or accessibility, is that they, they get resourceful with what they have. Because you've all heard information is abundant. It's not about information. So many people get stuck in, in analysis by paralysis. It's really about implementation and then the synergistic experience of all the other components that we talked about earlier in this podcast. Number one, the, the decision. They make the decision. Number two, owning their worth. Number three, getting and focusing their attention. Number four, releasing attachment to the outcomes. And number five, being resourceful and the focus on accessibility, no matter where you're starting at point A. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the, on the show. I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the PT Profit Podcast. If you like this episode, chances are your friends will too. So it would be a huge service to us if you would please leave us a review and share with your friends on your social media channels. When you leave us a review, be sure to take a screenshot of it and email that screenshot to my team at info at bsimpsonfitness.com. And we'll send you a very special Instagram podcast that will show you how to create compelling content so that your ideal clients come to you and you go from wanting clients to a wait list of clients ready for your services. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.